Well, good morning and um, welcome to church and welcome to our message series, which is um, Understanding the Bible, and we are looking at the letters of John. Let's just pray together. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks that we can come and worship you. We give you thanks we can come into your presence. But Lord, we give you thanks that you open up your word for us, found in the Bible. Lord, today, may your word speak to us. May your word challenge us. May your word encourage us. Lord, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. So we're in the last week of looking at um, the letters of John. So this is the last week in our series uh, that has taken us eight weeks to go through the three letters of John. Now, just to give you a quick recap, uh, last week I talked about having uh, the letters that John wrote, um, and specifically the letters that have John in his name. I just want to just recap that and just to make sure that you know that there are actually five books of the Bible that John wrote. Um, John is one of the apostles um, that were with, was with Jesus. Firstly, there's the gospel account. We'll put them on the screen for you so that we've got them all there. So the, the gospel account of John called John. Um, and then there's the three letters that he wrote to the church, the, the, the church around Ephesus, the churches of Ephesus. And these are called, you know, creatively, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. And then he also wrote the book of Revelation as well. Um, I just didn't want to throw that in last week to confuse everybody about all of those things, but he wrote that one as well. So So as we conclude this message series on the letters of John, we come to the final letter, 3 John, that he wrote to the churches of Ephesus. Um, And in this letter, John continues to address the church, the local church, but he specifically in this third letter addresses an individual, um, Gaius. Um, In this letter, we can see that John is encouraging the church to live consistently and and a caring life. So let's just jump into um, the first part of 3 John, um, 3 John chapter 1, verses 1 through to 4. So the introduction, the the welcome into here. Like all letters, um, we we often do an introduction. We often introduce ourselves and we we, we say hello to the person that is meant to be uh, receiving this letter and this is exactly the same. You might think it's slightly different in the way that we, that we actually uh, write the letters nowadays. You know, we, we don't use such formal language, but this, the way um, John is writing this is, is a very typical way in, back in that time of making a greeting, a greeting to an individual, but also a greeting to a group of people, so, which is the church. So let's just go to this. This letter is from John the Elder. I write to Gaius, my dear friend, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Some of the travelling teachers recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living according to the truth. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. Now, John, which in, in this letter he calls himself the elder, um, he's, he's uh, one of the apostles and he has been looking after um, these groups of churches, like house churches, small churches, revolving around families and, and individuals and, and all of their households. So that was the, the servants and, and all of the people 
in that house, in the region of Ephesus. And as part of this practice, what, what John would do would be he would have um, preachers and teachers and evangelists and missionaries that would be coming up from Jerusalem and from within, uh, he, around him, they would come and they would go around to the various churches, the various homes in the region, and, and talk about Jesus. That They would talk to the, the gathered people and they would evangelise, they'd tell people within the community about Jesus. And, and they were being encouraged to go and do that. And John was greatly pleased because of the report back from, from Gaius, about Gaius and his church, that he was welcoming them. He was showing hospitality. Last week we talked about how hospitality was an important and central aspect of being a Christian and a follower of Christian. It was about welcoming those people into your home so that the message of God may be transmitted. And this is the same. This is what we hear. And, and John is saying to Gaius that he has heard great reports that Gaius has been welcoming, has been hospitable. He also refers not to his children as in um, his flesh and blood out there, but his children as in the members of the church. So he, he considers all those people, regardless of what age they are, as his children that he is caring for, like the father of the church there. However, I want to say this, and, and this is probably one of the big things about um, these letters to the church, is it, it keeps on challenging challenging us to see that we need to be looking for the truth of the gospel and we need to be supporting those people who are speaking the truth of the gospel. We need to be hospitable to those who are bringing the message of God. Unfortunately, hospitality, as it was seen by back in that time, is not always evident as we see it in the church today. We don't always see hospitality being, being flown out from the church as much as we would love it to see. There are those people who would rather push their own individualistic agendas and there are those people who would actually discourage the preaching about Jesus, even within the gathered community of faith. And this is what we see in this letter. John is writing to Gaius, to the, to the church around, and in, in warning him about some teachers who have been coming that, who have been, well, not warning about the teachers, but about individuals within his church who aren't welcoming the teachers, aren't showing the hospitality. So I'm going to just jump into the rest of the letter from, from 3 John. Um, and it's from 3 John chapter 5 through to the end. And, and listen out for the encouragement to be consistent, to be caring, and to be not a person that pushes aside those people who bring the truth of Jesus Christ into their midst. So 3 John chapter 1 verse 5. By the way, 3 John is the shortest book of the Bible. So this is the easiest one to get into. So. It says, Dear friends, you are being faithful to God when you care for the travelling teachers who pass through, even though they are strangers to you. Notice that? There's hospitality right there. 
You're caring for the strangers who are teaching. You, you don't know them, but you're bringing them in. You're welcoming them into your home. Hospitality. They have told the church here of your loving fellow friendship. Please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God. For they are travelling for the Lord and they accept nothing from people who are not believers. So we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. And that's the truth about Jesus Christ. I wrote to the church about this, but Diotrephes, who's another person within the church, who loves to be a leader, refuses to have anything to do with it. So in other words, he wants to be a leader within the church and, and talk about how great he is, but doesn't want anything to do with the people who are teaching about Jesus Christ. And when I come, and I'll, when I, come I will report some of the things he is doing and the evil accusations he's making against us. So not only he's not welcoming, he's actively working against those people who are teaching about Jesus Christ. Not only does he refuse to welcome the travelling teachers, he also tells others not to help them. And when they do help, he puts them out of the church. So in other words, he's actively working against, he's not showing hospitality. And those people who have shown hospitality, he pushes them out of the church. Not a particularly nice person. So dear friends, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good. Remember that those who do good prove that they are God's children and those who do evil prove that they do not know God. Everyone speaks highly of Demetrius as does the truth itself. We ourselves can say the same for him and you know we speak the truth. I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to write it with pen and ink, for I hope to see you soon, and then we will talk face to face. Peace be with you. Your friend here sends you this greeting. Please give my personal greeting to each of our friends there. So John here is encouraging guys and those people who are reading, who are hearing this letter, that is, that is us, we are hearing and reading this letter, to actually live a consistent and caring Christian life. This means that it is something that we should be doing as well. Are we living a consistent and caring Christian life? So let me explore this a little bit. I'll just break it down. I want to focus more on the consistent Christian life um, and we'll do a little bit about the caring one as well. So the consistent Christian life. See, when I talk about the consistent Christian life, being a consistent Christian, it's not about doing the same thing day in, day out. You know, we often think consistency is is always doing the same thing all the time. You know, we, we consistently do something. It's not about that. Well, it is, but it isn't. I'm confusing you here for a moment, but let, bear with me. It is about the consistent behaviour, but actually it's more about how our life is consistent with the teaching of Jesus. It's actually about whether our life is the same as what Jesus is teaching us. We talk about becoming more like Jesus every day. That is, 
being a consistent Christian. One of the biggest criticisms that we have against the Christian church in broad sense is that they are all a bunch of hypocrites. They talk about being loving. They talk about being caring. They talk about sharing you know, God's great love with the rest of the world, except that often they become mean and hard-hearted and difficult. Yes, there is, there is credence to the criticism about the church being hypocrites because we don't all measure up. The problem I have with most of those criticisms that people have is like, by and large, we love to pick on the pieces that are negative. We find the negative bits and pieces in, in, in whatever happens. Have you ever noticed it's so much easier to, to pick at something that is wrong than to praise somebody that is good? And I find that sad. I find that sad that it's so quick. And in, within our social media, scene, have a look at the, the, the posts and the threads that go through. You'll find, by and large, People are more willing to pick and criticise than they are to praise. And that's an indication of the way that we are behaving in our world. We are more in tune to pull down than we are to lift up. So when we talk about the churches being, you know, being hypocrites, yes, that is quite true. And we can look at all the negatives, but we never look at all the positive, the things where they are being consistent, and where they are being caring. And so what I want to encourage you today is to live a life of being consistent, of living a life working towards becoming more like Jesus in your patterns of life day in, day out. Our faith is being put into action. Our faith is not leading us to being saved, our faith is a response of being saved. We change because of what Jesus has done for us. And, and Jack's baptism is an indication of that. We do baptisms as an indication and a significance that we die to our souls and we are washed clean and we are made new again. And our life becomes new because of what Christ has done for us. Our life is changed. But I want to say this before I go too much further. It's actually really difficult to talk about being a consistent Christian, to live consistently in tune with the Bible. Because if I look at my life, I can see that there are inconsistencies. I can see that there are times when um, I don't do what I really want to be doing. There, there are things that I don't you know, measure up with. It's being honest with ourselves. It's being open with ourselves. When we see that we don't measure up to God's standard for our lives, then we can actually correct it. But if I'm to stand here and say that you need to follow the way of that I do it, I would be wrong. That's not what I'm talking about. We follow the patterns of Jesus Christ. What I want to say is that we, we actually need to not look towards our individuals as ideals that we want to model ourselves after, but rather that we are people who are willing to give it a go, to start working towards being more like Jesus every day. 
The other thing that makes it difficult to talk about this topic is I don't want to create a list that just gives us things that we must do. Because there's the danger that if we just had a list of the things and the behaviours and the patterns of things that we must do, then that becomes adulterous. We, we become more in tune with the list and fulfilling that off than we are about listening to God and God's purpose for our lives and living that out. See, a consistent Christian is somebody who is working on having their life reflect the biblical imperatives on the way that we should live. It reflects the love and the teaching of Jesus. A consistent Christian is seen in the believer's heart that then is translated into the believer's action. I'm currently reading a book, and believe it or not, it's actually called The Consistent Christian. And it's, it's a handbook for Christian living. Now, it, it, it does have a few you know, chapters that say, here are the 20 things that you need to do, and here are the you know, eight things that are imperative, the way to live. Uh, but it's, it's, it's trying really hard not to create a list that you just follow. It has a number of really keen and important observations that help us. And I want to actually only give you a small sample. I'm going to give you three things that help us to understand what a Christian, a consistent Christian is like. See, a consistent Christian is someone that does a lot of good in the world around them, but does not make very much noise about doing that good. So they're willing to actually get involved and help where there is need. They're willing to stand up and make a challenge for when there are systems of injustice. A consistent Christian knows that doing good is important, but they know that it's not about the show of doing good. Secondly, a consistent Christian is not measured by their knowledge of God. Rather, they are measured by the life that they live. Now, you can have a PhD in theology, you can know all about God, and yet you may not know anything of God. You may actually not live out your life according to God's commands, but you can know a heck of a lot about things. Just because you have knowledge of something doesn't mean that you live it out. So a consistent Christian lives out their faith. Thirdly, the third little point that I want to make is that a consistent Christian is someone who is devoted to God and God's teaching rather than is fearful of what people are saying about them. So we, we don't change our patterns of behaviour because of what other people are saying. We change the patterns of behaviour because of what God is telling us, of what we see within our life. A consistent Christian is not swayed by public opinion. A consistent Christian lives out their faith because of biblical truth. So there's much more that you know, the book talks about in this. There's much more that I could say about this. 
But I want you to know that it boils down to about living out your faith in real and practical ways. A consistent Christian is someone who lives out their faith in real and practical ways. And part of being that consistent Christian is that you are a caring Christian. You are somebody that cares. Now, let me say this. People who are Christians don't have a monopoly on caring. Now, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you, you suddenly become this massively caring person. And just because you may not be a Christian doesn't mean you are uncaring. But it should be, and as John has said all through the letters, it should be a mark of what it means to be a Christian, that your care, your love for your brothers and sisters in Christ, for your fellow believers, for the world around you, that should be the mark of what it means. So it actually means that if you see somebody in need, what do you do? It should stir something within you and care should come from you. It means that in terms of the Christian sense, in the terms of understanding of care, it means that you actually put others before you put yourself. So you think about other needs before you think about your own needs. So it means that you're willing to get involved with those who are lost, those who are persecuted, those who are hungry, those who are naked, those who are sick. That a caring Christian is someone who doesn't just think about themselves and say, well, they should just get themselves out of the situation they've found them in. A caring Christian is someone that acts and helps that person with dignity, with pride, lift themselves up from whatever mess they may have found themselves into. A caring Christian is willing to open their home to those around them. A caring Christian is willing to give for the needs of others. In the simplest form, a consistent, caring Christian is someone that lives out their faith in real and practical ways and doing so helps those in need. They don't make themselves the centre of attention. Rather, they live their faith externally rather than internally. They are a loving neighbour to those around them. See, being a consistent and Caring Christian is not a theoretical thing. It is a practical, physical thing. It's about how we live out our faith in Jesus Christ. Does it make a difference to our life or does it make no difference whatsoever? For me, it makes a big difference. My faith makes a difference in the way I treat others and the way I treat those around me. Because of my faith, I look out for others and I will stand up for those that have been hurt. So let us just pray. Because as I leave you with this question, are you willing to be a consistent and caring Christian? Let's just pray.
Our loving God, we give you thanks for today. We give you thanks for the message that you continue to challenge us. Not to be someone that is looking for their own power, their own purpose, but someone who is willing to live a life that is consistent with the message that you have given us. To love our neighbour as ourselves. To love them so much that they are willing to seek that they become a disciple, to teach them about the love of God. Lord, help us, challenge us to live more faithfully, more truthfully, more openly, with more hospitality, with more care. Lord, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.